Man, for those who don't know, this is the new talk show in Beaumont, Texas, Into the Deep. What we do is we bring the word to the world so others can understand who they are while uncovering just what they can do in their life. And in the end, fulfilling God's divine purpose. We expect to see miracles, signs, and wonders throughout each individual who watches this show. I am Leander DJ Wilson, and I want to invite you into the deep. Amen. Glory be to God. Deliverance is your decision. It is your choice to choose whether you want to be saved, healed, and delivered. You, you see, you didn't, you didn't watch, you didn't tune into this video by accident. God allowed you to watch this show, but it's your choice to receive what I'm saying, what the guests have been saying, and get saved, healed, and delivered. It is your choice. You can make the decision tonight. It is up to you. Amen. So we, as I said, we're still in this Save, Heal, and Delivered series. And we're moving forward. And we're going to be talking about something that has been said in culture. And it, it has gotten us to a it has brought us to a point in our lives where we are no longer being who we're called to be. We're no longer being who we're created to be. This phrase is simple. It is the phrase is passing the buck. Now this phrase in culture is where we pass the blame onto someone else where we pass authority and responsibility onto someone or something else. Now, now, this phrase, if you don't mind, I'm going to teach us a little something tonight. If you don't, this phrase came from the 18th century, I'm sorry, the 1800s, which is the 19th century. When they was playing the game of poker, the reason why they say pass the buck is because every time it, it was someone's chances to deal, they had a knife, and on the end of the knife there was a buck. So if you would have, if you had the knife, you was the dealer of that game of that run. And then after after that game is done, you will pass the mic to the next person. You will shift responsibility onto the, of dealing to the next person. 
So, so you're probably saying, why, why did I bring that up? Why are, why are we talking about passing the buck? Why are we talking about passing blame, passing authority, passing responsibility? The reason we're talking about that is because oftentimes we are in our place, in, in position because of passing the buck. We pass the blame, pass responsibility onto someone else. The, the, the reason why we are stuck in our trauma, the reason why we're stuck with triggers, and the reason why we throw tantrums oftentimes is we're passing the buck. We, we, we want to throw tantrums when we don't get our way, when, when we, really we're not supposed to really be doing what we want. And we pass the buck, we pass the responsibility. Because as I, as I mentioned earlier, when you think of tantrum, you think of a child throwing a tantrum. You think of someone who is childish, someone who is not mature. So when you're throwing a tantrum, you're passing authority and responsibility onto someone or something else. So tonight we're, we're, we're going to be talking about passing the book. Like, like we, we, we're not we're no longer going to be passing the book. We're no longer going to be passing the blame. Tonight we're going to take we're going to take up the responsibility. We're going to take up the authority, and we're going to say to ourselves, "No longer will I shift the blame. No longer will I say that it was someone else's fault." Today I am standing on the word of God. Today I'm standing on the authority of God, and I'm standing. In his spirit saying, I am strong enough to handle whatever I'm going through because I may not have started it, but tonight I'm ending it. Tonight I'm overcoming whatever I went through. Tonight I'm overcoming what I'm going through. Tonight I'm overcoming. Tonight I'm making the decision to be saved, healed, and delivered. No longer am I passing the blame. You see, we must take ownership of our lives. We must take ownership of our lives. So some people might say, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm in charge of my life. I, I, I make the decisions in my life. I make the choices in my life. But here's the thing what most people don't understand. When you pass the blame, when you pass responsibility, when you shift the blame, you're, you're saying, okay, the responsibility is not in my hands anymore, but I still make up in my mind that I'm making the, I'm making the choices. But oftentimes, when we shift the blame, we put the responsibility and authority and the choices in others or other things' hands. For, for example, you, 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 you pop your, your trauma, you went through something so traumatic, you went through something so detrimental, you went through something that, that, made, that always made you want to quit. Now we're not, I'm not making light of trauma, I'm not making, I'm not saying trauma is something to get over easily, that's not what I'm saying. 
what I'm saying is that yes, we go through trauma sets that, that oftentimes makes us want to throw in the towel, that oftentimes makes us want to quit. But when we don't take responsibility for the trauma, for, for what we went through, when we don't step up and say, okay, I went through it, but now it's time for me to overcome it. But oftentimes we, we say we go through trauma, we don't want to live it, we don't want to hold on to it, we don't want to speak on it again. And oftentimes we, our decisions in life in the future are based on the trauma we went through. We don't have we don't we don't buy houses because we because my parents didn't teach me all how to buy houses. We don't buy houses because they didn't teach me in school. We don't do this because of that. But when we take ownership of our lives, yes, I went through something so detrimental. Yes, I went through something that made me want to throw in the towel. But I stand tonight speaking this. I take ownership of my life. The choice is mine. So, so we're, we're in the second week of the show of December. We're in the second week of December. Amen. We're almost to 2024. A lot of people can't wait for that New Year's revolution to get. Wait for January 1st. Say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Making plans, making making ideas, make, making new plans for 2024. And, and here's the thing what most people don't understand. You see, you're You're giving up on 2023 already. See, that, that, that's when you're bound to time. You, you, you're bound to time. You said, okay, I'll have enough time in 2023 to get right. So I'm just going to push everything back to 2024. And you're bound to time. Because probably saying, okay, because last year at this time around in 2022, I, I had plans. It didn't work out. And in 2023, it still didn't work out. So I'm just going to push it to 2024. But tonight, in 2023, December 12th, 2023, if you make up in your mind that I'm taking ownership, I'm not letting time slip me by this time. I'm not letting go this time. I'm taking ownership of my life. I'm saying, yes, I went through something. Yes, in 2022, at the beginning of 2023, I didn't do what I said I was going to do. But right now, I still have time. Let's go to Revelations chapter 2.
revelations. Revelation chapter 2. Now, I, I heard and I understand and I read Revelations a lot. And the thing about it is when you read Revelations, it's a lot and it's heavy, it's weighty. But tonight, we're going we're gonna to take it slow, you know, and we're going to read it and we're going to break it down and we're going to understand what God wants us to know from this passage. So, Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It reads, write this letter to the angel. Of the church of Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand. The one who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know all the things you do. Let's back up real fast. So verse 2. So, so many people might not understand this. So it says the message. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and the one who walks upon the seven golden lampstands. So let, let's break this verse down real fast so we can understand verse 2, 3, and 4. So here, so who, so the person writing this letter, which is John, John writes this letter and he tells us who this letter is originally from. He says the letter is from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand. So what the, the seven stars in his right hand. So let's work it out. Seven, the number of completion. Stars, the light in the night sky. Right hand, authority, responsibility. So the seven stars in his right hand. The perfected light of the night of the night with authority and responsibility. Alright, going on. The one who walks upon the seven golden lampstands. Again, seven, number of completion. Gold, pure, and lampstand, one that is lit. So the, the, complete, the completion of a perfect lid, the completion of, the completion of perfect and pure light. Here's another revelation. The stars are in the sky and lampstands are on the ground. The star the the stars are in the atmosphere. The lampstand is on earth. A light from heaven and a light on earth. So, so this this message is from God, right? So, so it says the one who 
holds the seven stars in his right hand. For those who don't know, that they only know Jesus as the baby, because we're, all, we're close to Christmas. The one who came to earth in the form of a baby. And if you've been watching into the day, we've been talking about the life of Jesus' ministry, the one who did perform miracles. And coming up next year, we're going to be talking about Easter, the one who went to the cross, died on the cross, was hanging on the cross, was buried, and rose from the grave. Now, Jesus, this wasn't born of a baby. He just, he didn't stop there. He didn't stop performing miracles on earth. He didn't stop at the cross. He didn't stop at the grave. But what, this is what happened after the grave, after resurrection. He was ascended into heaven. This, he was ascended into heaven and he's constantly making intercession for us at the right hand of God. I want to start right there first. You see, Jesus is in heaven making intercession. He, he's, he's speaking on your behalf as a believer. Those who say, yes, Lord, I'll take control of my life and I give it unto you. Yes, Lord, I'm here for you. I'm here with you. And yes, you are my Lord and my Savior. What, what Jesus is doing, he's not dead. He is very much alive. What he is doing is he's making, he's speaking on your behalf. Because the devil, listen, the devil is going to God. He's saying, he's selling all your business. He's saying everything that you've done wrong. He's saying everything that you went through. He's saying everything that you're going through. And guess what? Jesus is right there saying, yes, that's what they're doing. That's what they did. But listen, they are his child. That, he, that, that is my child. That is my believer. That is my son. That is my daughter. And yes, they yes they went through something dramatic. Yes, they went through something that almost took them out. But they are now standing on the word of God that is holding them strong, that is holding them, not letting them go. That's what Jesus is doing. So, so this letter is written by John. Inspired by God. Verse 2. I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patience endure. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have to, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works, and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your last sin from its place among the churches. I 
Verse 2, I know all the things you do. Like, what, what, remember what I said, written by John, inspired by God. So he said, I can see and know all the things you do. So everything that you've been through, everything that you're going through, the trauma that was so judgmental, the trauma that made you want to throw in a towel, the trauma that made you want to give up on life, the trauma that made you think about ways to kill yourself, the trauma that made you want to just say, hey, I'm done with life. He said, I see it all. I see the work that you've done, the hard work that you've done. I see that you, you, that you keep game. I see that you see when people was fake. You see when people wasn't true. You, and you didn't deal, and you didn't deal with them. I see that you examined the flames. I see that you were being a model Christian. I seen all that. But now because of the trauma that you've been through, now because you've given up on life, now because of the church hurt that you've been through, now because of the family hurt that you've been through, now because of the miscarriage, now because all that that you've been through, now that you're giving up on life, you stand, it's too rough, it's too bad. I was rocking with God for so long, and this You see, the reason why God had us and why he still has us in this segment of saved, healed, and delivered is because there, there are so many other topics I want to bring to the show. There's so many other topics I want to inform you about. But he says, first, we have to deal with ourselves. I'm speaking to myself, too. We have to deal with ourselves. Before we can move on to leadership, before we can move on to anything else, we have to deal with ourselves. And tonight, God is saying we've been passing the book for long enough. We've been passing it for long enough. We've been handed it off long enough. And now he's saying tonight is the night we say, yes, Lord, it is me. Yes, Lord, it is me. Because here's the thing. When we say, yes, Lord, it is me, we say, Lord, I know I'm weak. I know I'm Wanting to throw in the towel, Lord. I know I backed away from you. I know I ran from you. I know I gave up on you. But now I stand here in position, 
saying, yes, Lord, it is me. I come back to you. I come back to you and I take authority in my life and give it to you. Lord, I take authority of my life and give it to you. Now that makes sense. I'm kind of productive. Why would you take authority of something and give it away? Because I, here's the thing. When it's in my hands, I can do I can do something with it. But when it's in God's hand, he, he will shape it, he will mold it, he will make it even better than even more than I can ever think or do. Matter of fact, I that an example that I heard oftentimes. Here's the so The greatest of all time in basketball. I'm not gonna say who. You, you make up in your mind who. Curry, Kobe, Jordan, LeBron, KD, whoever is in your mind that's the greatest of all times. There's only one right answer, but we're not here to debate that yet. The greatest of all time, right? If they were signed a basketball, how much do you think that will be worth? You can get easily a cool meal for it. Easily. But if someone like me was signed, it, 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 will, it will probably lose value more than gain value. It, it will probably be two dollars. Because I, I, I said that to let you know that okay, in my life, in my hands, it is. It, it, something, but my life in God's hands is worth more than the world can offer. You see, when God has my life in his hands, there's no enemy that can stop me. There's no weapon that can, there's no weapon that's formed that can break me. There's nothing that can stop me from doing what God asked me to do. When God, when I'm in God's hands, when my life is in God's hands, There's no shutdown that can stop me. When my life's in God's hand, that's, that, that's, that's nothing the world can offer me that can break me, that can shift me. So, so we, we, we want to take control of our life. We want to take ownership of our life. And all the people stop there and say, okay, I got control of my life now. I'm over my trauma. It took years. I'm over my trauma. I got the money in the bank. I got the houses. I got the cars. I got the fame. I got the fortune. I got all this now. 
my life, this is my healing. I don't have to worry about bills. I don't have to worry about car notes. I don't have to worry about mortgages. I don't have to worry about any of that. My life is now in my hands. I have it now under control. And, and the thing about it is, it, it may seem that way in the moment. It may seem that way in the moment. But, but what the thing I learned in science class is that something can stop you if, it, if it's bigger, better, and weighs more than you. Listen, for those who don't know what that is, that's the law of inertia. An object remains in motion until something equal or greater comes against it. A paraphrase that by the way. You, 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 you stay in control until something equal or greater than you comes against you. And the thing about it is, we as humans, Fame is only 15 minutes long. Some people's famous is reoccurring at the moment. But here's the thing. When God has control of your life, when God, when you give God your life, when you make the decision, like I said, the decision is yours. When you make the decision to give your life over to God, Feel that moment of you, you, you're, you're grooving, you're moving, and you're grooving, you're in motion. And the thing about it is, when you're in motion, there's nothing that can stop you. You're going to keep moving, you're going to keep rolling. Tonight, God wants you to make the decision. Tonight, God wants you to make the decision first to take ownership of your life. And two, to give your life to Him. God gave me this quote, this phrase. Stopping the things that you are, that, that are not of God, isn't repentance. So, so stopping the things that are not of God isn't repentance. So for example, just because I stopped drinking, stopped getting drunk on weekends and weekdays and holidays, And leave years just because I stopped doesn't mean I repented. Okay, because repentance is 
turning away from the things and turning to God. See, 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 you, you turn away from the things and you turn to God. In the midst of sadness, madness, and happiness, you turn to God in the midst of sadness, madness, bitterness, and happiness. Because oftentimes people drink because they're sad, which is counterproductive. But anyway, you drink because you're sad. You drink. You, you cheat on your spouse because you're mad. You cheat on taxes because you're bitter. And this last one, happiness. A lot of people feel like they don't need God when everything's working out. A lot of people don't believe they need God when happiness is right there in front of them. But you turn to God in the midst of sadness, madness, bitterness, and happiness. No matter what you're going through, no matter what comes up in life, you turn to God. So, we're, tonight we're taking ownership of our life. Tonight we're taking ownership of our life. No longer are we bound to the past. No longer are we bound to trauma. No longer are we bound to the decisions of others. No longer are we bound to the things of this world. Tonight we're taking authority of our life. No matter how rough it gets, no matter how hard it looks, tonight we're taking ownership of our life. Yes, here's the thing I want you to know. In order for us to grow, in order for us to mature in life, there are going to be some pains. I heard a mentor of mine say, growing pains. When we grow, there's going to be some pain. When we mature, there's going to be some pain. Yes, taking ownership of our lives. Yes, we're going to endure some pain. And that is what the Lord worked it out for us for that. There's the thing. We're not supposed to go through this pain alone. We're not supposed to go through this pain alone. Yes, we probably went through the trauma by ourselves. So we don't want to tell others because it's going to make us look weak. It's going to make us look like we can't hold it together. But we're not supposed to go through this pain alone. God has allowed us. God has given us other people in our circle.
Because Paul writes, confess your sins one to another. Now Paul also writes, in order for us to, to repent, we have to confess our sins to God, but we also confess our sins one to another. Because when we confess our sins one to another, it, it, it's not so they can have a one up on us, it's so they can hold us accountable. You see that, that word right there is kind of tricky. So they can hold us accountable. So, so here's the thing. When, when, when I stopped drinking, I had friends around me who were still drinking. But when we would go out, they would say, that's not for you. Or they would drink one for me. Now, now sometimes I would get angry like, I'm not a child. Or I, I can handle my liquor, I can handle it. But but now I can see that they was holding me accountable. You, you see, being held accountable isn't always pretty. It isn't always something that you want. But it's, it's for us to grow. It's for us to heal. It's for us to be saved. So, confess your sins one to another. Confess your sins to God. We're going to end with one more scripture. First John, first John, for those who don't know, that's St. John, which comes out there which is part of the gospel, which comes out the loop. And then that's 1 John, which is all the way at the back of the New Testament. But it took me, it took me quite a bit of time to get to this, to this book when I was studying it. But I got to eventually. 1 John, verse 9. First John chapter one, verse nine. It reads, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us, our, us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. I like that. I like that. I like that scripture because I read it and I, I really read it because it says if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just. He is faithful and just. See, see. Well, when I think about that, He's faithful and just to forgive us. Now, here's the thing: I did nothing 
in this world to be worthy enough to be forgiven for my sins. So how, so, so the scripture is saying he is faithful and just enough to forgive us. So, so how is that justice? I have committed a lot of sin. A lot of sin. And he repeatedly. But the scripture says if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just. Now here in scripture is where you have to go to other scriptures. Go, go, go to another scripture, all right? Let's go. John chapter 3, just John, the one that's after Luke. John. John chapter 3. Verse 16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So, so here's the thing. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. For those who know the King James Version. For God so loved the world that he gave his only God's son that himself believed in him to not perish but have everlasting life. New King, my child. Right? For those drill team, youth drill team members, yeah. So, so this verse is saying that he loved me so much that he sent his son to die for my sins. And when I when I believe in his his birth, his birth, death. And resurrection. I will not perish and have eternal life. So, so that's when you go back to first John, verse nine, right? He is just, he is faithful and just to forgive us. I said it last week that when God gives us a promise. Is yes and amen. But his promise comes with principles. And the principle to him being faithful and just and to forgive us, that principle is that we must believe, we must confess that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. What that means is, yes, Jesus came to earth in the form of a baby of a virgin Mary. He walked, he walked this earth and performed miracles, signs, and wonders. He was led up a hill, Calvary's hill, hung his head on a cross, and he died. He was laid in a tomb for three days, and he rose. And now he sits at the right hand of God, making intercession for me. 
That's the principle. You see, when we say we want the promise, we say we want the promise, we say we got the promise, but are we doing the principle? Are we committed to the principle? We rejoice for the promise. We want the promise. We're excited for the promise. But are we yet committed to the principle? God is saying the choice is yours to make up in your mind to take ownership of your life and give it to God but the promise is yes. Yes, you will be saved. Yes, you will be healed. And yes, you will be delivered. The choice is yours. Are you ready to make the decision? Still 
God is saying that you are worthy in his sight. In his hands, you are worthy. In his hands, you are made new. In his hands, there's no one bigger. There's no one who can stop you. There's nothing that can stop you. In his hands, there's eternal life. In his hands, there's better. In his hands, there's joy, peace, and love. In his hands, there's long suffering, there's temperance, there's kindness. In his hands, and that's all I have tonight. And that's all I have tonight. Passing the boat no longer. Amen. Amen. We're no longer going to be passing the buck. Amen. No longer am I going to be shifting the blame. No longer am I going to be shifting authority. No longer am I going to be shifting responsibility. Because tonight, I'm taking ownership. Tonight, I'm putting the blame on me. And tonight, I'm handing my life to God. So tonight, if you can, just make that declaration. Tonight, I'm taking ownership of my life. Tonight, I'm taking ownership of my life. Tonight, no longer, tonight, no longer will I be passing authority. No longer will I be passing responsibility. No longer will I be passing the blame. Tonight, I'm taking ownership and tonight I'm giving it to God. Because in His hands, I'm better. Amen. So again, we're still we're still gonna be grooving and rocking in 2023. Every Tuesday night until 2023 is over. 
Amen. You don't want to miss next week. Ah, it's not going to be me up here by myself next week. Next week, next week I have two amazing men who's going to be joining me, and we're going to be talking about the bubbles out here. So we, so we talked about passing the bubble. We talked about passing the flame. Now we're going to be talking about the book stops here. The responsibility and authority stops here with you. Amen. You don't want to miss it. We're going to, we're going to dive deep into that. And you don't want to miss it. It's going to be some next Tuesday. Right here. Right where you are. On Facebook. You don't want to miss it live. And it will be distributed to other places. Amen. So I'll Hope to see you next week. I hope to be hope you're a part of what we're gonna be doing next week. And I hope you're gonna just be with us as we say the buck stops here. Amen. So glory be to God. Again, I wanna thank everyone for watching and again I wanna apologize for for the shift in our platform. I wanna apologize. I know we was on one page and now it's kinda hard to find us now. But uh, the more you share, the more you comment, the more you like, it will be able, you'll, you'll be, it'll be easier for others to find us. It'll be easier for you to find us. So if you don't mind, go ahead, like, click, click like, just click like, comment, subscribe, share, for others can know what, who they are and who they are, thus defining their purpose in Christ. Amen. I just want to thank again, amen, glory to God. Father God, I thank you, Father God, for this night. I thank you, Father God, for what you're yet doing in the lives of your believers. I thank you, Father God, for, the for what you're yet doing with us, Father God, to us and for us, Lord. I thank you, Father God, for being the unmovable force against our weapons formed against us. I thank you, Father God, for being the unmovable force, Father God, in our life. I thank you in your son Jesus' name, amen. Show us your glory